Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and Corridor Aesthetics.com. Today is Tuesday. It's the 25th of July. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. The president of the University of Northern Iowa says a recent ruling on race in college admissions by the U.S. Supreme Court hasn't changed much about his university's process. IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith has more. UNI President Mark Nook says an end to affirmative action in Iowa Regent institutions doesn't alter the way a prospective student's application is evaluated. According to Nook, his university has never used quotas as a rigid means of admitting students. UNI, he says, will continue to use metrics like the Board of Regents Admissions Index, as well as extracurricular activities to better understand if a student is prepared for the coursework. We know we have have students that, that may have missed it by a little bit, but were extremely involved in other activities. And it's clear from their record they have uh, the abilities to be successful. For the 2022 academic year, 10% of UNI's population belonged to a non-white minority group. Nook made his comments Monday on IPR's River to River. Many Republicans running for president are back in Iowa this week ahead of Friday's Lincoln dinner. Thirteen candidates will address the gathering for 10 minutes each. Iowa Capitol Dispatch reports microphones will be shut off at that point. A Fox Business poll of Iowa Republicans published Sunday found former President Donald Trump has the largest base of support, with 46 percent of likely Republican caucusgoers choosing the former president. No candidate, though, has a lock on the position of Trump's strongest challenger. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is polling 30 points behind Trump at 16 percent. South Carolina Senator Tim Tim Scott has 11 percent support. As temperatures climb into the mid to upper 90s this week, the prolonged heat is hard on people, pets, and plants. Angie Rink-Hins is a field agronomist with Iowa State University's Extension and Outreach. She says farmers will be watching for signs of crop stress, though she says her part of north-central Iowa is in pretty good shape. I think we're lucky we got a little bit more rain than other places in the state of Iowa. But with that being said, it's been almost two weeks since we've had a significant rain, and it sure would be nice get some moisture with all this hot weather. Heatways expected to continue into the weekend. A change in state law this month now allows you to buy raw milk, but if you're thinking about trying it, an expert says be aware of the importance of proper handling. Fred Hall is an Iowa State University Extension dairy specialist. He says check out the dairy where you buy raw milk. If you're going to be a consumer, make sure you're comfortable with the people you're buying milk from. You know, walk around, look at their cows, look at how they milk, make sure that, yeah, it looks clean. I trust this producer. He says raw milk also needs to be properly cooled. A Texas firm that invested in Mercy Hospital in Iowa City says the facility is on the verge of insolvency. Preston Hollow Community Capital says it is seeking a court-ordered receivership to restructure the debt of Iowa City's Mercy Hospital. There will soon be just one Ben Franklin store left in Iowa. Fifty years ago, there were more than 100 Ben Franklins in the state. But there's a store closing sale underway at the Ben Franklin in Eagle Grove. That'll make the Ben Franklin in Sheldon the last one operating in Iowa. Phil Warnke says he and his wife were relatively young when they bought the store back in 1991. Most of the others have retired as they get into their 70s, and most of those stores have continued. 
And some of the other younger ones did change the name and go with other names where we chose to go ahead and continue with the Ben Franklin name. The original Ben Franklin chain went bankrupt in 1996, but Warnke has been paying a licensing fee just to be able to keep that name on the building. Ben Franklin stores in Winterset and Nevada closed in the last year. It's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. Iran Carlos Martinez came to Iowa with her parents when she was just nine months old. She didn't realize she was undocumented till she was a teenager. The DACA program allowed her to work and study in the United States. But as we hear in this story produced by Hunter Vasey, the program's uncertain future threatens the only home she's ever known. My family is my home. Physically, I don't care where we're at. We, I have the best time with them. So it's them that I love and them that I long for. And if I were to ever get deported, I don't care where I'm at. It's knowing that I won't be with them. That's what scares me. I'm Iran Carlos Martinez, and I'm from Belmont, Iowa. My concept of home, in terms of my family, is stable. I mean, as a DACA recipient, we're not really allowed the benefit or the privilege to think of our future for very long. We're originally from Rio Bravo, Tamaulipas, in Mexico, in Mexico. And we were just a really young family. I was only nine months old. And my understanding of how we came to the United States is we actually came legally. So we got permits, like visas to come visit. We just happened to overstay them quite a few years. Um, The way I came to know that I was undocumented was in Iowa, any person of the age of 14 is legally allowed to receive a learner's permit. And, you know, I had some friends that were already doing it. And so when I approached my parents about it, they were quiet. I don't remember the exact situation of when they told me, but it always ended with hope. You know, my mom's like, you can't do it now because you don't have papers, but you don't have to wait for long. She actually worked with an immigration lawyer. And so he started giving them advice like, so this is what you should be gathering. This is what you should be preparing for. And so my mom was really, really good about She saved every single little paper from the minute I arrived in the United States to the time it was time to apply. I make a one binder with all the the pictures and uh, uh, ¿Cómo se dice las calificaciones? Uh, The grades. The grades. I can show you. One second. Okay. Oh my gosh, how's that? She's... Yeah, this is the binder that my mom sent to the government, you know, to show them that I am, I deserve to be here. No, this was part of my application um, to apply for DACA, was this binder. My mom, we are her world. My dad, definitely, he's like, you know, you're going to do great and amazing things. I definitely believe in us. He also called me his smartest kid. Don't tell my sisters. I will be the first person to graduate my family with a master's degree. So they're really proud of that. Especially when they were still undocumented, they were like, we're going to make everything so that anything ever happened to us, you guys will be okay. 
we're not worried about us. And they always tell me to this day when I'm worried about whatever, what's happening with DACA, they're like, don't worry about it. We will take care of it. As common as it is in every immigrant household, we're all a mixed status family. Both my parents in 2020, very graciously were uh, accepted to get their permanent residency. And then I'm the only DACA recipient. And then my two younger sisters are U.S. citizens. If I were to ever lose my family or like if I were get deported, um, back when 2017 was still happening, those were the darkest times, it definitely got very depressive. There was a time, I've never told anyone this, but um, I always said like, oh, if I were to get deported, I'd probably just end it. But I mean, I don't allow myself to think like that very much just because it does. It's horrible to think that way. And I know I probably would never go through with it, but I'm not going to allow myself to think that that's what's going to be my story because it's not. Iran Carlos Martinez lives in Belmont. Her stories among five produced at IPR this month in collaboration with NPR's Next Generation Radio Project. It's a program that helps coach and train public media's next generation. This week's theme is home. Today's story was produced by Hunter Vasey. And that's here first. From IPR News, I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.